0: Hey everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Community Conversation brought to you by Prototype Training Systems, home of CrossFit Prototype. The Community Conversation highlights a different member of the Prototype community each week and allows them to tell their story, share their life experience and communicate their perspective on all things fitness. We've all listened to podcasts and watched YouTube videos that highlight some of the world's greatest leaders and visionaries, and we believe so we have some amazing people here at Prototype and we want you to get to know them. So, to that end, I want to introduce introduce you to our 10th guest, Lauren Palmatier. Lauren has been part of the Prototype community for almost three years. She's the 2020 Female Mindset Award winner here at Prototype, former collegiate athlete, and just all around badass. So Lauren, thank you for being part of the community conversation.
1: Of course, thanks for having me.
0: Yes, absolutely. So so Lauren, why don't you just, we'll kick things off as we kind of normally do with the community conversation. Why don't you just give us a little bit of background on who you are, Where are you from? How'd you find uh, CrossFit? How'd you find prototype? Like give us your story.
1: Sure, Um, so I'm originally from upstate New York. Um, The town's called Cooksaki. It's uh, a little bit south of Albany if anyone's familiar with that area. Um, Yeah, I mean, I grew up there with my family. Um, I kind of ended up in Massachusetts from college. Um, which is also where I started, or kind of where I found CrossFit. So I played field hockey in college, um, and I needed, well, I wanted something different to keep me in shape over the summer to prepare me for the field hockey season. Um, we had like a a group of personal trainers at my college that gave us um, summer workouts. It was just like lifting, and then we would do like timed miles every week. And I thought that was okay, but I didn't, I also didn't really have access to just like a planet fitness or something like that, that was close by that I could just easily go, um, and, and lift at. So I had heard about this CrossFit gym that was opening, um, around my hometown and I had heard it. i had heard about CrossFit from somebody that I used to go to high school with, who I also played field hockey with, who was kind of like, one of my role models going through high school. Um, so I was like, yeah, cool. CrossFit, check it out. And yeah, I started CrossFit, um, my, the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college. Um, and I really just loved it. I love that competitive aspect of it. Um, and I love that there are so many different areas to improve upon. And then when I was really like, wow, this is so cool, is when I got back to college that sophomore year, and I saw how good of shape I was in from CrossFit, and like, I mean, I, I, in field hockey, we run, you know, five to ten miles in a game, depending on what position I was playing, and I didn't, I mean, I didn't run five to ten miles every week, but just seeing how CrossFit workouts, doing that four to five times a week translated into field hockey was really, um, I mean, it was impressive and mind blowing to me. Um, So that's when I was like, wow, this stuff is really cool. Um, So that's why I found CrossFit and how I got hooked on it. And just from there, I did CrossFit over the summer, Um, every time I was home from college and kind of did it a little bit during my off season um, while I was at college. And then I graduated my undergrad in 2018, which was in at Western New England in Springfield. And then I moved to Westboro in uh, August of 2018 for my job and for grad school And I was originally going to CrossFit New England for a couple months, but it ended up not being, it's close to where I work, but it's not close to where I live. Um, So it was just not convenient for me and I just wasn't going. Um, So then I found CrossFit Prototype and that's where I
2: am now, (laughs) obviously. And it's great.
0: So you've had this like journey of, of doing CrossFit as a complementary to your training with field hockey have you seen like any parallels between now that you're not doing athletics or i wouldn't say that you're not doing athletics but not now that you're not a collegiate athlete doing field hockey is, are you getting that same value from, from you know the you know being part of a community team like we hear that a lot from people that are former athletes Like talk us about that experience
1: Um, yeah, so it was the transition from being like an athlete to not being an athlete was really, really hard for me, um, because for like during field hockey, that was always what my goal was. That's always what I was working towards. And then after I was like, Oh, what am I doing now? Um, so uh, yeah, being able to find CrossFit and like having that community, um, was definitely something that was like parallel to the community that you get from, uh, from playing a team sport. Um, And I think that's one of the things that I, you know, hold on to now is that community aspect of it. And another thing that I really like, I said this earlier, I think, but like, there's so many different things to work on. So I can always set new goals for myself, um, which is important because, I definitely get a little lost if I'm not, if I don't have like something I'm working towards. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of parallels that I draw, especially between the community aspect and, uh, you know, obviously I'm not training for a field hockey season anymore, but I can train for the CrossFit Open or train for um, like a weightlifting meet if I want to compete in that eventually, um, or, you know, just train to get better in a specific movement.
0: It's hard I understand that being an athlete and then not being an athlete to like go identify. It's like your identity, right? Mm-hmm. You're an athlete and then it just stops. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. And that's why I, I agree. And I, I find that similarity with you with um, now that's what I identify with is CrossFit you know, mm-hmm. you have conversations with people. are like, why don't you play sports anymore? Why don't you go play, you know, pick up on the weekends and I'm like, do CrossFit. Yeah. I'm good you know? Um, And the fact that it has so many different elements and that you can set goals and there's so many things to work on that were never like done, right? The journey doesn't stop. So what are you working on now? What are the big goals for you?
1: Um, I want to do really well in the CrossFit Open. I don't have like a specific goal in mind, um, but I just want to RXL workouts and just crush it. Um, I want to compete in a weightlifting meet in the near future, um, and see how I can do with that. Um, and I think just like my overall like life goal is to always continue like working on my consistency and my just overall like mental and physical health
0: consistency, mental and physical health. Well you, it seems like you got the mental component down considering the fact that you won the the mindset award I think a big a big contributor to that outside of just how you have the ability to kind of put your head down and work, which is a hard thing to do. You did the whole 24 heroes in 24 hours. Let's talk a little bit about about that because you're the only member in the gym that did that. What was that like? why did you do it? I know we've talked about this before. I don't know if we talked about it live though. I think we wrote something up, but we will talk yeah. about that a little bit. If you if you remember, it might be a blur at this point.
1: <laughs> no, I remember. Um, it was okay. Why did I want to do it? Um, I wanted to do it because it was like one of those tangible goals that I could set for myself and be like, uh, okay, I'm gonna get there on Saturday morning and then I'm gonna work out for 24 hours and then I'm done and I I did it. Um, but it wasn't it also wasn't just to say that I did it. It was to see how like how I am prepared for life. You know, I like, I like pushing my body to see different kinds of things that I can do. Um so that was a cool experience to see how I would like physically hold up and I mean and mentally hold up, I guess. Um across those 24 hours and then how I would recover and how I would feel, you know, that week. Um, it, the whole process and, and thereafter was kind of like a, a learning experience, I guess, to me. I, I, I wanted to see how it would go. Uh, but I also just love the meaning behind the 24 Heroes workouts. I think uh, it's something, another thing that I really love about CrossFit is that we do hero workouts and that we do um, like celebrate those who have, you know, sacrificed for us. Um, what else? What other questions for that one?
0: (laughs) It was more like the journey through it. Right. So like, what made you decide it? What was it like? Was it, you know, was it as difficult as you thought it was going to be, you know, like talk about like that experience for the people that like obviously didn't do all the workouts and that's not the intention necessarily, but there might be other people out there that saw you do it. And they're like, wow, like Lauren did it. I, that's something that I want to try to do next year. I think your advice, I guess for, yeah,
1: I, I guess my overarching statement would be that I think anyone could do it. Um, I think the people that are around you are really important when you're doing it. Um, It was great when it was like 4am and like, that's when it's like, oh my God, it's so late. Like I'm exhausted, but then, you know, obviously you were there and then we had a couple other people come in and that just like gives you a new life at the top of every hour when you're like, all right, what do we do in this hour? Um, so the community around you is obviously really important, which we have a great community of at, um, CrossFit Prototype. Um, and I, I scaled a lot. I mean, I, I scaled probably every workout. Um, If I, or when I do this again, I think I will not scale as much. Um, But, you know, that was something that I learned from. But again, as we know about CrossFit, it's infinitely scalable. So anybody can do this. Um, It was really important for me that I was just like eating and drinking throughout, which I think was actually one of the hardest parts um, for me just because I don't like to eat a lot before or after I work out. Cause it makes me feel weird, I guess. Um, but you know, you obviously have to be eating and drinking a lot if you're working out for 24 hours. Um, but, and then I think also just keeping in mind what the purpose of the 24 heroes workout is, is what, um, helps you get through it too.
0: Yeah. Every single one of those workouts is in memory of someone that has given the ultimate sacrifice and there's a story behind every single one of those. Yeah. And And reading
1: those stories like at the top of the hour or, you know, right after you do the workout, you're like, yes, this is great.
0: Yeah. There are so many, there are so many. And it's, it's like, it's the crazy thing. I remember when getting involved in CrossFit, there wasn't as many hero workouts as there are now. And now it seems like there's just so many and it's just, it's sad and it's crazy. Like, and it's also, there's this weird, like great thing about it at the same time. It's, it's really, it's really strange. Um, I would say that that was probably a, a defining moment for you accomplishing that. What are some other like peak defining moments that you can remember, like in your journey? Um, not necessarily at prototype, but in general, and CrossFit like any major like events or things that like you've done I know you got a muscle up recently that was probably one of those moments like why don't you talk about that a little bit
1: yeah um getting muscle up was definitely one of those moments for me um it was just something that I like always obviously I mean I guess not obviously but I feel like when I first started CrossFit, I was like, I want to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, doing it for so long, I, I never really like focused on trying to get a muscle up. So, I mean, I didn't really expect ever expect myself to, I mean, I guess not ever, but I didn't ever put in dedicated time for it. So I was never, when I saw it in a workout, I wasn't like, oh darn, I can't do muscle ups. I was like, Mm -hmm. duh, I can't do muscle ups. I don't work on them. Um, Mm -hmm. so obviously doing that dedicated training and then seeing it pay off, um, was a great moment for me. It was very exciting and I definitely cried a little bit and, um, it's, it's just nice to see like your hard work, um, come to fruition, I guess. And yeah. And then it's like, it's funny because with CrossFit, it's like, all right, you got it On to the next, let's, let's get another new movement in. Um, but it was a, yeah, it was a great experience just to see the hard work, you know, you put in is worth it.
0: I love that. And I think a lot of people can relate to it. Like the muscle up is the, you know, almost one of those pinnacle things. It's like, that yeah. you're kind of climbing up that mountain. It's like at the top, not everyone necessarily is going to get there, but there's other moments that, that they can be just as proud about, like they're first pull-up or first handstand hold or first double under there's all these sorts of moments and things is around the exercises beyond reaching like aesthetic goals or those sorts of things which makes it really interesting who inspires you right who Um, right who are your mentors mm -hmm. or role models because I know you're big into CrossFit um it may be maybe a crossfit or maybe not maybe it's something to do with like your work but like I think that's an interesting thing to talk about
1: hmm. um this is a hard one I think I don't know if I have any well I guess I definitely have like role models and people that I look up to, like, I mean, I pretty much all the coaching staff at uh, CFP are people that I look up to. Um, ugh, I'm going to start crying because I'm so emotional.
2: <laughs> um, But then just like my mom, like, she's just one of the strongest people I know. And I, you know, obviously I wouldn't, she's always supported me through no matter what I choose to do. So I couldn't like be here without her. Um, which, you know, it sounds cliche, but it's true. Um, and, oh God, sorry. Um, I think other people that I look up to are just like the kids that I work with, um, because they are, you know, I so I work with kids who have really severe autism for people who don't know that. Um, but, you know, autism is not well understood, which in turn means my kids aren't well understood. And me being able to be like a voice for them is um, and help them learn is something that I obviously take um, really seriously and, you know, carry a lot with me. Um, so they're definitely some of my, you know, role models, too, because they, you know, they don't have a voice, but they continue doing what they're doing and learning um, no matter what the situation is. So, yeah.
0: Didn't mean to get uh, emotional on this. No, it's
2: okay. I'm emotional about everything. So
0: that's okay though. This is the real, this is what we do with these community conversations. This is real, real stuff right here. And I'm sure it's reciprocated. Those kids probably look up to you too. Now, I don't think everyone listening to this right now probably knows where you work, but you work at the New England Center for Children, right? Is that in mm-hmm. Southborough?
1: Yeah, it's in yeah Southborough.
0: What do you what do you do there? I know you the the kids that you're you're working with, but what are your what are your roles responsibilities? What are you doing there? And you're also in graduate school.
2: Yes, that's correct. So I'm going to school for applied behavior analysis, which is essentially the study of human behavior. Um,
1: and applied behavior analysis is is the science that we apply to. Um, teaching the children that I work with, um, essentially replacing um, maladaptive behaviors with appropriate behaviors. Um, Just for like a simple example, um, children, children, adults, adolescents, people diagnosed with autism um, who have like a more severe diagnosis typically engage in behaviors like self-injury, um, or aggression to other people in their environment. So I'm going to, all right, is it okay if I go into a little bit of detail with this?
0: Go as far as, as you want. I think this is really interesting. Yeah.
1: So in applied behavior analysis, we have like foundational principles of behavior and essentially all of these things maintain everyone's behavior. They maintain my behavior. They maintain your behavior. Um, and they maintain the behavior of the kids that I work with. So, um, automatic reinforcement, which means the behavior is maintained, um, without any social mediation, um, access to tangibles, So like we, um, we go to work primarily because it's maintained by getting a paycheck. So that paycheck is something tangible that we're getting. Um, And so if I were to take like the access to tangibles example, I I might have a a student who would engage in aggression in order to, because that has always historically resulted in like say their mom giving him the iPad. Um, So, obviously when these kids get to the place that I work, it's on a much more severe level and it's like they're older. So they have such a history of this reinforcement of aggression. I get the iPad. Um, And what we do is we kind of break that behavior chain and we give them an appropriate way to request, you know, Hey, I really, I want to play with my iPad. Um, So it's replacing that maladaptive aggression behavior with, um, an appropriate alternative of either like uh, uh, again this would be very student specific and depends on their skill level if they're uh, vocal verbal so if they speak or if they use a communication device or if they you know gesture to things um, we would replace aggression for ipad with i want my ipad please and then that is a very simple example of what we do Um, And that goes through all different kinds of levels for all different kinds of behavior. Um, So that's the basis of like what my science is and what we do at the New England Center for Children. Um, But more specifically, my role right now is I'm a residential uh, coordinator. So we have um, the New England Center is a residential and a day school program for kids with autism, um, which means the kids that I work with are there 24 um, seven. They're not with their families anymore. They are uh, safest with us uh, because of the services that we can provide. So they have like a residence, which they all live at. We we work with them at the residence, which is like their home. And then they also go to school, um, which is also the New England Center for Children's school building. So we transition them there uh, back and forth every day, uh, but my position as a residential coordinator is mainly based at the residence. So I'm responsible for like supervision of my um, my staff and my students while I'm while we're at the residence. Um, I'm responsible for like organization systems and team functioning, and um, you know I I talk with parents in the evenings if if they're fielding con- uh, questions or concerns. Um, and I work a lot with, uh, like, clinical protocols and, and making sure things are running smoothly pretty much just at the residence, so at the students' homes.
0: That sounds like it's an incredibly hard yeah. job, but incredibly rewarding.
2: Yeah,
1: it, right? that is very true.
0: How, what made you get into that?
1: Um, I kind of fell into it my junior year of college. So I was originally a health sciences major when I started college. Um, and I like, I had this grand idea that I was like, I'm going to be a neonatal surgeon. And I got that idea because in high school I did like a, it was called new vision. So it was essentially like, uh, an internship at a local hospital. And I got to just like do rounds with, um, like doctors and learn about pre-med essentially and it was a couple different like um college credit classes that I took too so that's where I originally was like pre-med yeah health sciences and that really didn't work out because I didn't like chemistry I really didn't like bio um and it was just like I I'm not enjoying this and I'm not doing as well as I need to do either Um, so I switched my major to uh, psychology my sophomore year and I was like, Ooh, maybe I'll be a, um, like a athletic psychologist or a sports psychologist, something like that. Um, and then, but at that point I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I didn't really know what options were out there either, and, uh, in one of my psychology classes that I was taking somebody from the New England center for children came and did like a presentation, um, because they do an internship program. And I was like, sure, let's try this. <laughs> Cause again, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. So I need to try something. Um, I did the internship my junior year and I absolutely loved it. I was like, this is so cool. Um, and the reason why I loved it was because applied behavior analysis is this like it's a psychology, but it's a it's an observable science like we do X and we see a change um, and you can really see it, which is very, very similar to CrossFit because it's observable, it's measurable and you can repeat it over time. So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm not good at I don't have a muscle up. I do all this work. I get a muscle up. And um, and then it's the same thing, you know, kid engages in aggression. We do all this work to teach them how to ask for their iPad, kid asks for iPad and no longer engages in aggression. So it's like observable, measurable, and it's repeatable. It's just like CrossFit. I mean, it's not just like CrossFit, but the principles are like very oddly similar. Um, So from the internship, I uh, you, you pretty much need a master's degree to like progress in the field. So that was my next option or my next step, I guess. And I went to undergrad at Western New England, which is also where my grad school is. Um, and they have this program with the New England center. Um, so that is how I ended up in the field I am in, And I just learn so much every day and love it more every day. It's just, it's really incredible.
0: There's so many questions that I want to ask. And ask away. <laughs> so I've, i so coming from the from an expert, you, not me. Um, behavior is something that I guess controls us all in some sort of way. Obviously, right? Like we're not going to do this, or we're going to avoid this, or or whatever. Looking at it from like a fitness perspective. Right. We tend to not want to do things or we avoid doing things that we're afraid of, or we engage in behaviors that we know aren't the best for us or are gonna get us to a result, right? Like overeating as an example, you want to lose weight. What would be, and this might be a very general question, might be too hard to ask, but from like your perspective, like what are things that people can do to, for themselves to modify or change behaviors that they know are negatively impacting where they want to go.
1: I think that, so yeah, like you're saying, people engage in these behaviors because, you know, why, well, I guess the question is why? Mm -hmm. Um, And essentially the, I mean, one of the answers is that these behaviors that we engage in have such a long history of re- of resulting in like reinforcement, whether that's immediate or if it's delayed reinforcement. Um, so you mentioned like overeating, like something I struggle with is like eating an appropriate amount and not like snacking and not just getting home after work and being like, I'm going to eat everything that I see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do that because and I, and I know that I do this. I, I do that because, you know, if I eat something, it's that immediate reinforcement of, wow, that was so good. And now I'm not hungry anymore. And great. Um, even though I might have already eaten like plenty for the day, it's mm-hmm. that immediate reinforcement of mm, yes, this chocolate so good. Um, but it's like a reward, that people, right? what's up?
0: It can be like a reward too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Similar reward reinforcement. It's, Reinforcement is like the technical, um, scientific term, but reward is, is essentially the same thing.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but I think just like accountability and having those contingencies in place are, I mean, contingencies are what control everybody's behavior, um. Mm -hmm. So accountability and of those contingencies is the best place to go, whether that's, you know, you have to, there's like apps out there. I, I use an app, it's called stick and it's, um, an app that's based on these behavioral science principles. Um, so you, you know, have the contingencies, have the accountability. So say, Hey, I'm going to send you a picture of everything that I eat today. If I don't send you the picture, um, you have to, donate $10 of my money to some organization that I hate Um, or setting it up to be more of like a a reinforcement based system. Maybe it's like, okay, I'm going to send you pictures of what I eat all week. And then at the end of the week, I am going to go get a massage or something like that. Um, So I just the appropriate contingencies have to be in place for everyone's behavior to conform. And if behavior is not conforming to what we want it to be, that just means we need to arrange our environment better.
0: It's fascinating. It's fascinating yeah. because you it's a, there's a science to this stuff. And it and from how you're explaining it, you it works. Yeah. You, know, you guys are getting results with these yep. kids. And I can just see how rewarding that can be. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go s- the Spitfire round right now. Okay. Three, three quick questions. Oh, no. um, this is how I've been ending a lot of these community conversations. So first one is favorite movie and or TV show of all time. And then I'm also adding in, what are you currently binge watching? I know you're really busy, so you might not be anything, but it might be something. What are you currently binging now? So favorite movie, TV show, and what are you binging right now?
2: My favorite movie
1: is... Oh no. I really like the no- uh, Titanic. Titanic. We'll go with that one. Um, my favorite <laughs> show is either New Girl or Working Moms. And I, I'm i not really binging anything, but I watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, whatever it's on. And I'm waiting for The Handmaid's Tale to come out with their new season and I will be binging that.
0: Who's the guy in New Girl that does CrossFit? Ah, uh, you know what I'm talking about, right?
1: His name is Schmidt, and uh, yeah, Dave Castro just reposted him.
0: Yeah, you got yeah. it. Uh-huh. Yes.
1: I don't know what his actual name is, but his name is Schmidt in New Girl.
0: That's right. Yeah. I know that guy's a big CrossFitter. Mm-hmm. Favorite musician, artist, band, music group of all time?
1: Uh, Luke Combs or Florida Georgia Line. Or Sam Hunt. Yeah. Little country.
0: Little yeah. country action. Awesome. All right last question what's your favorite thing to do when you're not working working out at the gym what's your favorite thing to do hobby
1: sleep or eat probably sleep. eat <laughs> um so
0: easy <laughs> <All Yeah. right. laughs> sleeping or eating country so uh emotional movies and tv shows yep. uh country music sleeping eating yep that's pretty much sums it up yep <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, you know what, this was awesome. This was a great conversation. I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy this Lauren. So thank you so much for being part of this community conversations means a lot to me means a lot to uh, everyone at prototype and for you guys that are tuning in and watching here in this now, thank you guys. Remember every week we're releasing a new community conversation with a new guest to get your week started. And so to be the first to know about a new community conversation, uh, get on our newsletter or subscribe to our YouTube page. If you're a current member at Prototype, we also post this in our Prototype members community group on Facebook. Uh, and for some reason, if you're not in that group and you are a member at Prototype, let us know. We'll make sure that you're in. And lastly, if you're ever interested in being on the community conversation, just use the message and we would love to have you. So until next time, again, Lauren, thank you so much.
2: Thank you.